as I began to see myself through Justin's eyes, it helped me to begin to see myself through God's eyes. Mm -hmm. And as I began to see myself through his eyes, the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. Mm -hmm. And in him, there is no fear. And body image is fear. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. God, in His grace, showed me a way out, and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you should know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and the forthcoming book The Burden of Better. I'm a blogger at comparedtowho.me and you just may have seen my epic big fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoy today's episode and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey there. Welcome to the Compared to Who podcast and videocast too. I'm Heather Creekmore, your host, and I'm really glad that you're watching or listening today because today we are starting marriage month. Woohoo! So if you're not married, here's my recommendation. Listen anyway, because if you at all want to be married at some point in the future, this will be helpful. And if you know someone who's married and is telling you about all their marriage woe, then you can just direct them to this podcast. So, um, so welcome to Marriage Month. And my guest for the first episode in Marriage Month is my friend, Melissa Clark. Let me tell you just a little bit about Melissa. She graduated with a master's in counseling and biblical studies from Grace University. She received an undergrad in psychology with a minor in social work from Southwest Texas University. And she's licensed in the state of Texas as a licensed licensed professional counselor, but she does more than just work. <laughs> Melissa has a heart for the community. She speaks in schools and organizations and businesses about eating disorders, identity issues, body image, all those things. Melissa lives in the Dallas area with her husband and her two kids, a boy and a girl. And Melissa, welcome to the Compared to Who show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So you and I connected, I don't know, like a zillion years ago and we were supposed oh, to yeah, get together. On Twitter. <laughs> then, I forgot about that. And then it never happened because yeah. we both had kids that were much younger <laughs> than they yes. are today. And so anyway, but we've kind of kept in touch a little bit through social media and I had the honor of being on your podcast. Tell me the name of your show again. Uh, mine is Thrive Mental Health and the Art of Living Free. Okay. I'm awesome. actually getting ready to launch a new podcast Whoa. called Date Night Success. I love uh, it. All about couples, helping them have fun and connecting through prayer, meaningful conversation and fun activity. So that's my fun project I've been working on and, and getting set to launch uh, early. It should be launched by the time this interview airs. So that's exciting. Awesome. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I'll put links to that. That's, that's a perfect segue mm -hmm. for marriage month. So thank you. I didn't even You're know. You're welcome. Awesome. Well, Melissa. Not off the press. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we got the inside scoop here. Exactly. <laughs> well, um, just as we get started, tell me a little bit about your story, because I know that body image and, and all the things that we talk about here on this show are things that you have dealt with personally. So can you tell us just a little bit about your story on that front? And then we'll kind of segue from there into how that affected your marriage. 
Totally. Well, as we all know, body image impacts most of us. In fact, it's like 91% of women don't like their bodies. And so I definitely fall within that 91%. I grew up with a lot of pressure to look a certain way. Uh, My mom did a little bit of modeling and she was really critical of her body and was really critical of my body. And so I married really young. I've been married, this March will be 19 years. Uh And so we've been together for like 24 years. So I, I like to say that, you know, we basically parented each other because we started dating a few months after I turned 18 and I'm now 41. So you do the math. That's a long time. Uh And so I went into marriage with, you know, a lot of ideals, like we all do pretty idealistic. And, and I really felt that, you know, he, Justin was there to make me happy and was there to make me to feel good about myself. Now, I don't think I would have been able to verbalize that because I was basically a baby myself. Um, but that's really the way that I acted. And this is long before think back way back when people before Facebook, before Mm -hmm. MySpace, Mm -hmm. you know, back whenever we just kind of like lived our life. uh, And we still had those pressures from TV and magazines. And I really felt that if I could look a certain size or be a certain shape, then I would feel happy that I would be happy within myself. And so that really kind of set the page, if you will, for our dating relationship. We dated for about five years and um, and that definitely impacted the way that we connected in our early years. Um, both him wanting me to be happy, me wanting to be happy, not being happy. And then the kind of like the, the way that that unfolded. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I can totally relate to all of that. And I guess since this is the first episode of marriage month, I'll share just a little bit uh, from my perspective, my side of that was I wasn't a baby. So I didn't have that excuse because I was 31 (laughs) when I got married, but went in the exact same way. I was Mm -hmm. like, getting married is going to fix my body image issues because I'm going to have this man put his stamp of approval on me. Like I've got a ring. And so now I know that I'm accepted and approved and loved. And he is going to make this all better through his adoring and constant like affection and attention. And not that it was that way when we dated, but I don't know. I just thought that's what was going to happen when Mm -hmm. we got married. Mm -hmm. And so, so same story. I thought a man would fix it. I thought that man would fix it. And I learned differently. And I know you did too. So tell me more about what you know now looking back on how things started and explore that for me a little. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. It feels like ages and ages and ages ago. So I want to say that for the listener, you know, it does, it can get better. Like where Mm -hmm. I'm at today is so different. I don't love every square inch of my body today. Um, as women, we go through like a bazillion changes, even if you're not a mom, like you're still going to go through changes within your body. And so it's funny thinking back to those early years. Um, but I have memories of, you know, standing in front of a mirror, just like sobbing, being like, I can't go to blah, blah, blah thing. I can't go to church today. I have nothing to wear. I hate the way I look. And, and, you know, poor Justin was like, you look the same as you did yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Not really anything has changed. You know, I could just see, I think back in his puzzled face and he's such a kind man and so sweet. He never put pressure on me to look a certain way. And I've been every size basically of the spectrum. I've been overweight, pretty really overweight. I've been thin. I've been underweight, not underweight, but underweight for, you know, me, because my body image led to an eating disorder. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And so I just remember like his face and being like, why aren't you making me happy? Like, why isn't this working so frustrated? And I had so many negative mindsets and that's really what a body image issue is. As we all know, it's not about a size or shape. It's how we see ourselves and how we live within our body. And I don't know why God gave us bodies because, you know, the creator of the universe could have done things all different kinds of ways. He could have had us just be floating beings, you know, <laughs> through space. Maybe but that would have been easier. <laughs> it would have been a lot easier, but for some reason he gave us tummies and thighs and cheeks and necks and all these different areas that we tend to criticize. Mm -hmm. And I really through, through my, through seeing myself, I was so limited, um, through that negative body image because it kept me so in bondage and trapped. It's interesting thinking back to those early years and how I escaped my present to live in my head. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And I think that's what a negative body image does yeah. is whenever we are going to focus so heavily on our bodies, we stop focusing on our kids. Mm -hmm. We stop focusing on our spouse. And I don't say that to bring you guilt or shame, mm -hmm. but I say that as a sense of awareness, because I don't think we really realize that we're using our heads and minds almost as a, like a time machine mm -hmm. to transport us into this alternate future. Mm -hmm. Or think about like a Snapchat filter that we begin to filter ourselves to this really negative, negative place. And it can lead to, you know, depression, anxiety, obsessive compulsive tendencies. And of course, as a practitioner, I see the very dysfunctional side of it and how it impacts people's mental health. But even more than having a mental health conversation today, I, I want to say it really impacts your spiritual connection, mm -hmm. your spiritual connection with God, your spiritual connection with your spouse and God, because it forces you to, to put a spotlight into this one teeny tiny area and you really lose focus and lose sight of everything else. Right. We become very imbalanced. It's like a pimple that that's all you can yeah. focus on is that one thing, even though you could be a Nobel peace prize yep. winner or something like that, but it causes you to focus on this one part. And I know through COVID and sitting here in this chair, which is super uncomfortable, I'm like way more uncomfortable within my body and I'm looking at my face so much more. And so even though I wouldn't say I struggle with a negative body image, there's really times where I can feel those old behaviors wanting to creep back. Um, and it's just so interesting of being like, you know what, like that's how I'm feeling and that's valid, but here are the facts and here's what I can focus on. Yeah. And so it really is a battle of the mind, um, a battle Absolutely. of the, the heart and the soul, as you know, and write about and speak about. Um, but I would say that's really how it impacted our early marriage is it kept me separated from Justin and it kept me separated from God because I was so focused on this one part of myself. Yeah. And I think it's an important part. I think our bodies are amazing, um, yeah. but to only focus on that one part really creates a, an imbalance within ourselves. Well, we we're objectifying ourselves, right? Like we're not seeing ourselves as whole beings. Mm -hmm. We're just seeing ourselves. We're, we're actually kind of, I think, separating, like creating a dichotomy between this is me and this is my body. And I'm unhappy with this part of me, <laughs> but it's not me, you know, I, I should be. And I love how you said that, like the, the future self or the 
I forget what word you used. It was kind of like the idealized self is where you mm -hmm. want to live in your brain mm -hmm. in that, like in the future, when I have this body, then life will be a much different thing. And it's, mm -hmm. yeah, you miss, you miss the now. I love that. Tired of comparing yourself to others? It's time to break free, my friend. Check out compared2who.me online and you'll find a ton of great resources, blog posts, videos, and so much more to help you stop comparing and start living. And make sure you sign up for my exclusive email list while you're there. I send my email friends things I don't send anyone else. You can also find out more about my brand new book, The Burden of Better, How a Comparison-Free Life Leads to Joy, peace and rest. If you're tired of battling comparison, friend, I wrote this book just for you. Check it out right after this episode, of course. And I was thinking when you're talking about focusing on the pimple, I think maybe I shared this on your podcast. I know I, I've <laughs> said it, I've shared it to like one person and I hope it wasn't on this show. So if it was, I apologize listeners, but I wrote a blog post that no one read <laughs> 10 years ago. And, and it was me on 635 outside of Dallas. And I was driving home from counseling and there was a ladybug on my windshield and it was, it was heavy traffic. And I just remember like doing this little, like if I stared at the ladybug, everything mm -hmm. out the front windshield was blurry. Mm. If I stared out the windshield, I couldn't really, the ladybug was just, you know, she was a little speck or he, I guess ladybugs are actually men, but I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I did not know that. I, I think that's true. So don't teach your kids that until you look it up, <laughs> but, but you know, ladybugs are, you know, like what? couple centimeters high. And I kept doing that. I mean, like, this is, this is how crazy I am. <laughs> but I kept doing that over and over again. Like, look out the windshield. Wow. I can see everything. Stare at the ladybug. Everything is fuzzy. Mm -hmm. Look out the windshield. And I kept doing that over and over again. And what God was teaching me was that very lesson. If you focus on your body image issues, everything else is fuzzy. Everything else in the windshield is fuzzy. But if you focus on everything else, guess what? Those body image issues are just, they're just the little ladybugs. So I think that's just a, a really great thing that, that you brought up. So thanks mm -hmm. for doing that. As I think about marriage and I think about what I did to my husband, it sounds like you did the same thing. We kind of create a lose-lose for our spouse when we come into it with, you're going to fix this for me, or you're going to make me feel better about myself. And I was thinking specifically, maybe you can address this, the whole area of when he compliments you. Like, uh -huh. I know I used to do this and I hear it from lots of women, you know, he says, you look great. You're beautiful. And you're just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I know that's not true. Like you're a liar or, or just, you have to say, say that. Yeah. You have to say <laughs> that because you're my husband. Like what go there for me, please. And, and how would you encourage us to stop doing that? Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. It's very frustrating. It would be very frustrating for him. Cause basically whenever I'm like, uh, yeah, right. I'm calling him a liar. Mm -hmm. And or invalidating his opinion. Yeah. Right. Like your opinion but, doesn't matter. Uh -huh. <laughs> right. But I'm going to go as so strong as calling him a liar. Cause that's the way I felt about it. Yeah. That's, that was my experience. Yeah. And nobody wants to be called a liar, especially when they aren't lying. Right. Especially when they're trying to be accurate truth tellers and they're trying to be encouraging and men hate to feel powerless. Like that's mm -hmm. like their kryptonite. And so whenever I would say like, you're, what you're saying isn't valid or you're lying, that was his attempt to help me. Mm -hmm. And whenever that attempt to help me failed, that made him feel powerless. 
And that creates an anxious state. Cause then he doesn't, he doesn't know what to do. He's like, Oh my gosh, he never said this to me, but I have to imagine he was thinking she's kind of crazy. <laughs> I know my husband was thinking that <laughs> she's kind of crazy because I'm, I see her as like gorgeous and beautiful and like everything I ever wanted, but she's tearing herself apart. And so I think it creates this tension too, of like, okay, I'm trying to affirm you, but you're calling me a liar but you're also being really mean to the person I love. Mm, that's good. And that's yeah. really painful. That was really painful for him. Mm-hmm. And, um, thankfully that was, you know, back when we were basically children because, you know, we we're so young. And so we were able to kind of like work through that and it didn't really impact our relationship significantly to who we are today. But thinking back about that, that really hurts my heart that he was trying to be kind and do what he can do. Mm-hmm. And basically I squashed down his compliments and I called him in my mind. I never said out loud that he's lying, but I'll never forget. This really is what shifted the relationship, um, shifted my body image issues and really helped me to begin separating from this idea that if only I could be perfect, then I would feel perfect. Mm. If only I could be perfect, then I'm going to feel comfortable and feel okay within my body. Is I and this is has to be the Holy Spirit talking out loud because I remember thinking, what if I believed him? Mm, Yeah. What if I saw myself through his eyes? What Mm. if I was willing to see myself through his eyes? How would that impact the way that I live? Yeah. And so I still feel sometimes icky within my body. Um, Maybe I feel bloated, or maybe this, that, or the other. But I, it still helps me that that moment is so powerful because it, it helped me to say, okay, that's how I'm feeling and that's valid and okay. Mm-hmm. But here's another way of looking at it. Here's the windshield that mm-hmm. I can begin focusing on. And it really did provide me a way out yeah. instead of focusing on being perfect and looking a certain way. What if I saw myself as a person of beauty and worth? And that, mm-hmm. that is the reality is that we are God's masterpiece. Mm-hmm. My life verse that I center my life work on and parenting as well is Ephesians 2.10. And it says that we are God's masterpiece Mm -hmm. and that we've been made new in Christ Jesus, do good works that he's prepared in advance for us to do. And so as I talk with women, as I even deal with myself, it's like, if I don't see myself as a person of worth and value, then I'm not going to treat myself as a person Mm -hmm. of worth and value. If I see myself as garbage, why would I protect and value that? Yeah. Yeah. But but as I began to see myself through Justin's eyes, it helped me to begin to see myself through God's eyes. Mm -hmm. And as I began to see myself through his eyes, the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear Mm -hmm. and in him, there is no fear and body image is fear, right? A fear of not being good enough, a fear of being not valuable, of not being accepted, of being disappointing others. because that negative body image is coming from somewhere, Mm -hmm. either a comment made from a kid at school. But I think for most of us, it comes from a family member, Mm -hmm. a family member calling us fat, a family member saying this about us. Wow. You sure are getting big. Yeah. Um, what about that? And they don't, they're not meaning it to be, Mm -hmm. you know, life-changing, but it really does open the door. And I think Satan really uses that in a really profound and powerful way to keep us separated from seeing ourselves as a masterpiece and from going through that renewal process and then doing the good things that God has for us to do. Because the reality is is we can only focus on one thing. Mm -hmm. That's the way God designed our brains. 
that's the way God designed our eyeballs. You know, it only has like a little teeny tiny bit of focus mm-hmm. and it, the brain fills everything else in. Yeah. So if you're focusing in on your body, I, I get that, but it's keeping you from focusing on your spouse, on God and all the amazing things that he has for you to do. My pastor often says this, that you are a solution to a kingdom problem. Mm-hmm. That's good. You and I have something to do that only you and I can do yeah. because we have this unique sphere of influence. And I think body image, when we focus on that and those negative mindsets, it really keeps us from doing the good things that he has prepared for us to do. Yep. Amen. That's good. Including marriage and parent and parenting. Hey there, how much is freedom worth to you? That's kind of an odd question, right? When I was in the midst of my struggle with disordered eating and body image, I would have paid anything I had to be free. Truth is, I spent a lot of my budget on things I thought could help me be free, like new diets, exercise gizmos, clothing, but none of those things really helped. I'm so grateful that God showed me the way out. And now I'm passionate about helping others find their way out too. I want them to know that Jesus already paid it all. They don't have to spend another cent to find the freedom they really desire. But truth is, it does cost me something to get this message out, compared to who can't spread the message of Jesus' offer of freedom without the help of women like you. Would you consider making a contribution? Check out Compared to Who's Patreon page at patreon.com slash compared to who. Then prayerfully consider giving $1 or $5 a month, whatever you can to help. Any amount you'd be willing to donate would be a huge blessing and will go directly towards covering the operating expenses of this ministry. Thank you for being a part of seeing other women set free from the chains of body image and comparison. May God bless your generosity. one thing that I talk about in the burden of better. And I think this, this kind of relates to calling our spouse a liar, if you will, not that we're saying that out loud, but, but we elevate our opinion of ourselves above everyone else's opinion of ourselves. Right. And, and so like, that's what happens in, in marriage. It's like, okay, yeah, you're saying I'm beautiful, but I don't think I'm beautiful. So what I think about me is more important than what you think about me. And I think we do that with God too right? Because we have, we have a whole book of what God says about us, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? And, and Ephesians 2.10, right? We're, we're masterpieces is what God says. And we say, yeah, God, that's nice that you have that opinion, but I think I'm this. And, Mm -hmm. and so I really think that a big part of like getting over this obstacle is just recognizing, whoa, what kind of pride does it take to say that my opinion of me is more important than God's opinion of me. And what kind of pride am I bringing into my marriage saying my opinion of me is more important than my spouse's opinion of me. And not like by just a smidge by like, woo, <laughs> by miles. Right. And totally. so, so, I mean, it's a hard pill to swallow. No one wants to think that, but I do think that that that's, there's freedom. If you can just kind of step back and take that aha moment of, wow, <laughs> boy, I've been, I've been, yeah, and I think that, that pride is serving a function. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think as women, we're super feeling oriented and it's so easy to let those feelings become facts. So yeah. if I feel fat, I am fat. Right. Yeah. And then pride, I think comes in to try and make the feelings feel better mm-hmm. to mitigate the fear, because mm-hmm. I think of pride and insecurity as two sides of the same coin. Yeah, absolutely. So insecurity is kind of down here yep. Yep. and then pride is like, no, blah, blah. You know, it tries to yep. elevate and, um, because it's down here feels so low. Mm-hmm. And I think we, it feels so low because our feelings, especially as women are so strong. 
a fancy clinical term for this is emotional reasoning. And I remember being in grad school being like, I don't understand. I read over and over and over that term. I just could not get it through my mind. But once I did, it was so simple. What what you feel becomes fact. Mm. And then I think that pride then serves a function of helping to try to make us feel better. Yeah. But really all it's doing is digging us a bigger hole and causing us to rely more upon ourselves. Yeah. Which we're amazing beings. God created Mm. us to be strong and powerful. But if we're not tapped into his power source, that ultimately like we're digging a grave for ourselves of loneliness, isolation, powerlessness, helplessness. And then from there comes like a host of other issues, anxiety, depression, you know, all kinds of stuff. So it is pride, but I think it's like more than pride. I think it's that feeling of insecurity Mm -hmm. based on our feelings. And as a counselor, that's why I love talking about feelings, trying to understand that all of our feelings are coming from a belief Mm -hmm. and our beliefs are founded on our theology and our experience. So when we can understand what we believe about God, when we can understand where our, you know, our, our, what our history is, especially in regards to these really deep topics, it is so life-changing. I think that's hard though, because I think it's just accepted and kind of, you know, I feel like, you know, I should feel negative about myself. Like if Mm. I don't feel negative about myself, then that is prideful. Right. Right. You know what I I mean? To be humble and being humble is I'm the worst. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good. Okay. So I know that I have women listening that may be kind of cringing a little bit right now because early in marriage and maybe early in marriage for them was 15, 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. they did shut down their husband from giving him Mm -hmm. those compliments. And Mm -hmm. probably what happened was he stopped giving those compliments and now they haven't heard from him in 10 or 15 years. He hasn't Mm -hmm. said that she's beautiful or that she looks nice. And, and she occasionally musters up the energy to, you know, try to look really nice and he doesn't say anything anymore. How do you help her heart? And Mm -hmm. what, what can she do? Mm -hmm. Well, I first want to say that sounds so painful Mm -hmm. and so defeating and demoralizing to try to, to feel beautiful and then to feel shut down and rejected. Um, This is so hard, but I would recommend being honest and and doing a self-reflection within herself. And Mm -hmm. the reality is, is we aren't responsible for what the other person thinks, feels, or acts or does that's on us. And so a marriage is comprised of two people. And if there's a pattern there, both people play a part in that pattern. So I would recommend that you would take a look at your own part of that pattern and ask the Holy Spirit to show you and guide you what has been my role in this problem. Every problem has a solution. And I have found in my life that once I can identify the problem, solutions are not that far away. But sometimes it's hard to identify the problem because it takes a lot of courage and it can feel so overwhelming and to face those feelings just feels really icky and hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after, you know, some time of self-reflection and prayer and maybe talking it through with a trusted friend or a mentor, um, somebody who's going to guide you to truth, not guide you into like, well, if you just do this diet, then he will mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Yes. Um, unless you need it for a medical reason, I believe that diets are dumb. Mm -hmm. And I say that all the time, unless you need it for a medical reason, then that's totally different. Um, but if you're just trying to get skinny, you know, that's only going to lead you. That's a side note. I'm digressing. Um, but after you've done that, had that time of prayer and reflection, then I would recommend that you go on a walk with your husband 
um, men do better with side by side mm. communication versus eye contact, um, especially depending if he did feel shut down, he likely will feel resentful. Mm. Like I know Justin, that was a place of anxiety for him because remember, men don't want to feel powerless. Right. And that was a time of powerlessness. And we tend to resent things that make us feel powerless. And mm. when it's somebody we love, then we feel conflicted about that powerlessness and resentment. But to say, to own your part of it and to say, but I really need you to tell me that I'm beautiful again. Mm-hmm. And I promise I commit. It's a big part of couples counseling is this time of commitment and communicating needs. I commit to you that whenever you say that I will receive your words. Yeah, that's good. And I will be honest if it's hard, but I promise to commit to you that I will receive that and it will be different moving forward, but I need this from you. Yeah. And it's such a fine line of needing our spouses to affirm us. I call it need, like with a little in need mm-hmm. versus capital in need, which can only come through God right. to be fulfilled. But we do need our spouses to affirm us. We need to feel desired. Mm-hmm. We need to feel, you know, that, that affection from our mates, because that's the way God designed marriage to be first off. And that's the way he designed our bodies to receive touch, to give touch, um, that, that words, the Bible tells us have power and can bring life. I love it. And then translation, the message translation, it says that, um, words can either be fruit or poison. Mm. And you can tell your mate, I need a lot more fruit from you. And I know that may be hard, but what can we do to, re- to form that kind of relationship? Yeah. I love it's that. a very long answer, but it was a very no, simple no. question, but very complicated. No. And I, I would say if you're listening today and this is you like rewind and listen to that again, because the, the pattern you laid out is effective or, or should be effective mm-hmm. or can be effective. Starting the conversation after you've put on all your makeup and gotten your hair done and put on something that you feel attractive in and your husband doesn't say anything, starting the conversation with, you never tell me I look nice anymore. You never tell me I look pretty like that. That's not going to go well. Mm -hmm. And I, I know, I I mean, I I feel like I know who's listening because I (laughs) I was just like this, you know, I mean, that was what I did Mm -hmm. all the time early in marriage and, and through a lot of counseling, I learned that that's, (laughs) not the most effective mm-hmm. way, but, but so again, let me just repeat. If, if you want to go there with your husband, if you want to have a conversation to talk about why he doesn't affirm you anymore, don't start with, why don't you affirm me anymore? Rewind mm-hmm. and listen to what Melissa just laid out, because I think that's really good. Okay. So, so we've got like the kind of surface compliments, you know, all that thing, but then body image in the bedroom, mm-hmm. I would dun, dun, dun. better. Yeah. Like, thank you for the sound effects. <laughs> I would have a much better sex life if I just had, you know, better abs or whatever. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I think I tell the story in one of my books, but I was getting my hair done one time and the woman beside me was talking to her hairdresser about um, that movie with the male strippers that I, I never saw it, um, but it had, um, what's his, Channing Tatum or Tatum Channing, <laughs> I dyslexia his name all the time, um, but it was like a movie about, oh, Magic Mike, I think is what it was called, and she was talking about going to see it with your girlfriends and how they were like, I'm going to get all the snacks and all the things. But she was like, I can't eat when I watch that because it makes me want to have a hotter body so I can have good sex like they do. Mm. And I was just stunned that she said that out loud. <laughs> 
first of all, but I was like, wow, that was like, it was like, thank you. That was huge insight into Mm -hmm. the way a lot of women, I think Mm -hmm. process Mm -hmm. this, like if I just had a better body, then I'd have a better sex life Mm -hmm. and my sex life, even in the context of marriage would be better if I looked more like I want to look, mm-hmm. bring baggage into the bedroom with us on that front. Wait, mm-hmm. wait, fill that out for me. What have you seen? What, what are your thoughts on how we can not do that? Mm-hmm. That's such a big topic and such a great question. Um, so I'm going to kind of like, I think, stumble my way through that one. Sure. <laughs> um, just kind of giving some thoughts. Number one, I understand where you're coming from. I think that's a very valid way of looking at it because it's like this idea that if only I would blank, then I would feel better. Mm-hmm. And the heart behind that is, is you want to have a good sex life, which is great. I want you to have a good sex life too. And newsflash, like, so does God, Mm -hmm. because for some reason he made women to orgasm in two different places, you know, blush a little bit, but that's the reality. God wants us to have a rich, vibrant sexual connection. And the world has told us that sexy, lusty people look this way. And that's what good sex is. Mm -hmm. So I think we know this in our head, but the bachelor porn, um, even romantic comedies, that's not reality that's scripted and not reality. And I know for myself, like pornography, thank goodness has not been a part of our story, but seeing, you know, romantic comedies and feeling like that's what a good sex scene is. And that's the way it should look like, and I should look like this and he should look like that. And it should feel like this is not realistic. That's an unrealistic expectation. And so if you're waiting for this, that, or the other to feel better about yourself so that you'll have a better sex life, I hate to tell you like that will never happen. And I'm, I'm careful with the always and nevers, mm-hmm. but body image is not about your size or shape. Yeah. It's about how you see yourself and your mind. And most men, not all men, most men could care less. If you have cellulite on your thighs, mm-hmm. they don't care if your breasts are uneven. <laughs> um, they don't care if you have a little tummy flesh there, they're just happy to be connecting with you in that way. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking about and unless they have a story with pornography, they're not expecting you to look a, a certain way. They just want to be able to connect with their wife. And so going back to what I said about being, seeing yourself as a masterpiece, just challenge yourself um, to, okay, tonight, whenever we have sex or whenever that day or night is, because um, you don't have to just have it at nighttime <laughs> all, during, all day long, um, is to say, what if I were to see myself as worthy? What if I were to see myself as a sexual being? Mm -hmm. I know it sounds really strange to see ourselves that way, but for whatever reason, at a very core level, God made us male or female. Sex is a big part of our identity. And that's why the enemy has sought so hard to destroy it. Um, And so I would say, if you have this illusion that if you have like perfect breasts and a perfect tummy and perfect butt, that then your spouse will have good sex with you. I would say, I understand where you're coming from because that lie is being peddled everywhere, but that is not truth. The truth is that good sex comes with a deep emotional connection. I often tell couples that I'm working with that to see sex as a thermometer. Mm -hmm. If you're unhealthy sexually, it's probably because you're unhealthy relationally it's pretty difficult for either one of you to feel safe if you're always in your head and you're being critical. 
because our thoughts have power. Think about perfume that you put on, you know, before COVID, I put on perfume every day. I love perfume. Uh, even though I'm not supposed to after that Netflix special. So I put it on with guilt now. <laughs> every time I feel guilty for it. I'm like, I still like it. Um, but, but our thoughts emit an odor. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our, our countenance emits a, a, an aura or a vibe, not to get all weird about it, but, but what you put in is going to impact what you put out. And, right. and James tells us that the Bible tells us that over and over again. Yeah. Um, and so if you are putting in good stuff, if you're seeing yourself in a place of truth, if you're able to emotionally connect with your spouse, if you're able to make time for him and not just obsessing about yourself, I can't guarantee you, but I can pretty much 80% say you're probably going to have a much better sex mm-hmm. life. The bedroom is going to be a positive experience because you're not going to be focusing on your thighs or this, or how is he seeing that part of your body? You're going to be like, I'm having sex with my spouse and this feels good. Mm-hmm. Like I'm happy to be having this experience to connect in this really unique and special way. Yeah, that's really good. You know, and I, and I mean, I I think we need to just be honest and realistic in that. Like, that's probably not going to be like, you're going to listen to this episode and just like flip a switch and like, yeah, I'm ready to go. It's so much different now. (laughs) Like it's gonna, it's going to be a process. And you know, when, I, I don't know, when, one thing that I suggest to women you can tell me whether or not this is sound from a clinical perspective, <laughs> but, but if, if you can't get to the place where you feel worthy right away, just, just think about serving him, you know, just think, well, really just even thinking about him, not thinking about yourself. I mean, I feel like that's where I had to start. I just had to stop thinking about myself because that's what I was. I was just thinking about myself way too much. I'm <laughs> thinking about, well, think about, maybe think about yourself outside. Like think about it, see about how it goes outside of the bedroom. Mm-hmm. You know, I see the worst of the worst couples. Um, and so I, I would never tell a woman just to have sex, even if she doesn't want to, because my mind goes to all yeah, these well, sure. other scenarios. I yeah, I, I know. Yeah. Um, but I think more of like, okay, how, so in this idea of serving, mm-hmm. which is so positive, so biblical and just FYI studies show that the more you volunteer and help other people, it actually improves your mental health. So mm-hmm. science backs that up, even though that's what the Bible has been saying all along, yep. but you know, Hey babe, how can I serve you Jay? What's, what, mm-hmm. what's one way for you to feel loved by me? Yeah. You're going to be, you're going to see him have a little extra twinkle in his eye because yeah. most men's love language is acts of service, mm-hmm. words of affirmation. And so when you do that, you're going to be building this really rich connection and it totally is a process. And here's the kind of downer about it is you can have seasons of like, you know, you're rocking and rolling in this and then maybe you have a baby <laughs> or you go through menopause or you have yeah. like a major life event happen. And then you feel like you're thrown back 20 years ago and you feel like you're uphill climb. And so that's why I feel like morning devotional times mm-hmm. or having those times in prayer and journaling are so critical to open ourselves up to the Holy spirit, to, yeah. to prompt our heart and to guide us. Because I believe as we order our day in that way, it really begins to shape how we live our life. Absolutely. And so I would say, I love the idea of serving I don't know if I would look at it as like sexual serving, but, um, I don't know if that's where, you, that's where I felt like you were going. No, no, I, okay, I cool. just more like, like, I think you can go into it with one or two, one or two mindsets, either like I'm thinking, well, not a mindset that that's not the right word, but 
you can go into it either thinking about yourself, how does this feel to me? Yeah. Or what can I do that would feel good to him? Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and I think when I went into it, how does this feel to me, but was obsessing over, oh, he just felt the fattest part of my thighs or, mm-hmm. oh no, he's going to notice that, <laughs> you know, this part or mm-hmm. that part, like it, there was no chance of me relaxing. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But if I was able to think about, oh, I wonder if this feels good to him, mm-hmm. then that helped me take my mind off of me. And I meant more serving in terms of, you know, like, you know, help him enjoy it. And then I'll, I'll get there. What's interesting too, about that is, um, so many times we think about how we're feeling Hmm. versus feeling what we're feeling. Right. Right. Yeah. And oh yeah. And so I would say too, (laughs) just like, um, you know, I'm not a sex therapist, but you even just saying like, Hey, can we slow things down a little bit tonight? Mm -hmm. And will you maybe like caress my leg mm-hmm. or, and, 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 and that caressing and then that touching really trying to get in touch with your body because our bodies mm-hmm. are made for pleasure and our bodies respond to touch. And I think if we could get in our bodies, instead of thinking about our bodies, mm-hmm. yeah, then I think it would lead to a much better sex and a much deeper connection. You know what I'm wondering, do you know what your Myers-Briggs is? Uh-huh. Are um, you a T or an F? Yeah. Oh, uh, it depends on how sometimes I'm a T and sometimes I'm an F. I mean, uh-huh. in the Enneagram too, I'm real like two six. Okay. So I really teeter between being very feeling and very thinking. Mm-hmm. I would say I'm like 50, 50. Well, because I'm just wondering like if it would be an interesting study to find out if women who deal with this in a more dramatic way, shall I say, are more the thinkers than the feelers, Mm -hmm. because that's definitely, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm all about (laughs) the thinking and I have to Mm -hmm. think about feeling and I have to, Mm -hmm. you know, think, oh, stop thinking. You should feel now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I would say flip side of that though, too, is that feelers feel the emotion so strongly. Yeah, that's true. And I think that's why it's 91% of women thinking out loud. (laughs) It's the thinkers and the feelers. (laughs) I think it's all of us because we've been, we've been peddled this lie, Mm -hmm. just like 98% of diets fail. Imagine Mm -hmm. I used to love watching shark tank Uh and, um, imagine if they were to go on shark tank and they're like, we have a business idea that fails 98% of the time. Yeah. They'd be like, uh, we're not buying that. Right. But yet we have bought into this lie. Right. And it's a billion, billion, oh, billion yeah. dollar industry. And, and oh, by so, the way, when it fails, you're also going to probably gain b- back more than you mm-hmm. lost. I mean, no one you're going to feel worse. That. Yeah. Yeah. No you're going to feel more shame. Yep. And so I would say, you know, it really is a process. And I think that's really the power of prayer. Um, as I to- told you at the very beginning of this interview, this idea of date night success mm-hmm. was born out of this idea of seeing couple after couple divorce, both in my personal mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, professionally, but also just people I admire online that went mm-hmm. through divorces during the season and asking God, like, what can I do? Yeah. And I stumbled across a statistic that said, you know, depending upon the numbers, it's like one in two couples divorce, mm-hmm. right? But couples who pray together have a one in 1500 chance of, of remaining married. Wow. But yet only 4% of couples pray together. Mm. Yeah. So it's interesting, right? Like this idea of diets. Only 2% succeed. Yeah. But the flip side of that is only, it's a, it's basically a 99% success rate, right. but only 4% of us are doing that. I do it. Yep. 
So body image is so important. God gave us these amazing bodies to, to run, to work, to hug, to sleep, to eat, to have sex, like all these really amazing things. And if you're struggling with that, it sounds so cliche. And I know you don't know me, but I'm not one to over-spiritualize. But to start with prayer is such a positive starting point to pause and to pray and to process and then to bring your spouse into that will not only help you to feel better within your body, but it's also going to help you to have a deeply meaningful and satisfying marriage. Amen. That's awesome, Melissa. Mm -hmm. Well, I think this is the perfect way to start marriage month. And I could talk to you for another hour and a half. <laughs> that would be a really long episode. <laughs> so I guess we'll leave it there for today, but yeah. this is really good. Hey, do you see clients virtually or do you just see clients in the Dallas area? I do see clients virtually. Um, okay. You know, I, I'm going to say, unfortunately, because of COVID, I'm super full. Okay. So I'm not accepting new clients at this okay. time. Um, but I would say, you know, I have my website, melissaclarkcounseling.com. I have lots of resources on there. I have an ebook, The Secret to Confidence, which is a beautiful little guide of helping to feel more confident. I have all kinds of resources on there. Um, my old blog, Melissa C. Clark, has a lot of body image articles on okay. there as well. Um, and then, yeah, rattle off the, the names of the podcasts again for me. Uh huh. Thrive, Mental Health, and the Art of Living Free. And I believe in. I can't remember what month it was that we did a body image series. I think I want to say in April was um, different body image conversations. But uh, last February, it was all about marriage. And so okay. there's some really good resources there. I also have a strengthening five ways to strengthen your marriage free giveaway. Great. My heart is to give away as much content as I can, because I know not everybody can afford counseling. Amen. <laughs> but I think everyone should consider it. Because if counseling you can, is awesome. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like it. But yeah. you know, you, we have the Holy Spirit, we have our Bibles, we have our journals. We have a lot of things. So if, if you can't do counseling, that's a really positive place to start. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for being on the show today. Thank really you for having me. It. And thank you for watching or listening. I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. That's all for today. Bye-bye. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the start here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. This is Chris Christensen, and back in 2006, I started a simple project, a project to try and introduce more people to the Bible through Bible study called the Bible Study Podcast. It's a simple name and a simple idea. Each week, every week, we study one chapter of the Bible, talk about what it says and what that might mean for us today. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for the Bible Study Podcast on your favorite podcast app.